0: Welcome to the 10th episode of The Sample Study and the finale for Season 1. I'm very glad that you're here for this session. The date is Thursday, July 6th, 2017, and I'm your host, Mellow, standing at attention in front of my music production software. Here at The Sample Study, I take just one sampled song per episode, take the song that is sampled in, recreate the beat by hand, and analyze how the producer who sampled it got from having a record in their hand to having the sample on a record of their own. I'm sorry for the delay on this episode, uh, but it was rather important to me that I get this episode right, and last week happened to be a very busy one for me, so if y'all missed that, it was delayed a week. First reason is that uh, this is the finale of season one, as I said in the intro, it's a big episode, big, big episode. After this, I will be taking a two-week break, yes, another break, kind of reevaluating what worked for me with the first season and what did not, Uh, trying to sort of promote the show, which is something I haven't really had much time to do yet. It's kind of just been aiding the ground running, Um, going to think up a promotion strategy and maybe see if there are some people who'd be interested in possibly taking the sample study under their wing. Um, And I'll also, of course, be figuring out what samples I want to use for the second season. A big change to the show will be that I'll be running a bi-weekly show this forward. I found that doing one of these every week quickly becomes a chore that takes time away from my other work and my free time. I love making this sample study, but going too long in this pattern would, I fear, make me not love it eventually. Anyone who has pursued a creative art to the point where it exhausts them may be familiar with this. I also have some big simultaneous work contracts coming up. I work as a musician and sound designer for video games, uh, and I'm I'm going to have to be able to work around that. well, second reason I wanted to give myself some extra time was that this episode is going to be me taking on my favorite producer's work, that's Nujabase, the Japanese hip-hop producer that captured a diehard fanbase after lending his tremendous talent to producing the soundtrack for the anime series Samurai Champloo, a mashup of hip-hop, samurai action, and tales of feudal Japan. Nujabes produced the soundtrack in collaboration with three other artists, Fat John, Tsuchi, and Force of Nature. The anime was broadcast as a dubbed version in America on Cartoon Network's Adult Swim programming block, and it became extremely popular due to this exposure. So for a lot of young viewers, including me, the general chilled-out late-night hip-hop vibe of Adult Swim as a whole meshed perfectly with Samurai Champloo's visual and musical flair and I'll always consider the two to be connected. (laughs) I'm very wordy on the topic of Nutribass. I expect this to continue throughout the episode. I'll talk more about him later on, but today we're going to be looking at how he sampled Jose Feliciano's affirmation for his song Counting Stars on the album Hideout Productions' second collection. Jose Feliciano is a Puerto Rican senior songwriter who is also considered one of the finest guitar players of all time, widely recognized as the first artist to bring nylon string guitars into the pop rock scene, which I'm personally happy for because I think nylon string is the best guitar sound. He has released music internationally, won eight Grammys, and is still performing. His song Affirmation is a classic jazz funk instrumental. Jazz funk is an often-sampled genre that does exactly what it sounds like, takes the groove of funk, and combines it with the lively improvisational style of jazz music. I haven't really introduced the term on the show yet because we haven't had a lot of straight-up jazz funk, but this song is definitely that. Affirmation starts off incredibly with rousing guitar strums leading into one of the catchiest and most peaceful melodies I've ever heard in my life, that eventually became the bass melody for Nudia Bass is counting stars. Words don't do it justice. Honestly, if your soul isn't moved by hearing affirmation, the pure essence of jazz funk, every part played and instrument recorded so exquisitely and perfectly, I don't know what I can do for you as a human being. I just don't know how to make you connect if you can't if you can't connect to this. I don't know. And that you might want to do like a captcha online and make sure you're not a robot, you know. Mm-hmm. Information features David Kemper on drums, Jackie Kelso and Jim Horn on flute, Jose Feliciano on guitar, bass, and congas, and Thomas Hensley on keyboards. It was one of Feliciano's last recordings released on RCA Victor as part of the album Just Wanna Rock and Roll. Yeah, it's funny because this song does not sound like rock or roll, or the two combined. Nujabass was an owner of multiple record stores in Shibuya and founder of the independent label Hideout Productions. As a hip-hop producer, he approaches both sampling and overall production in a much different way than American hip-hop producers do. He would commonly use more than one sample in a song, and he will use samples in small bits like a few seconds of vocals here or there, or just a moment of a string performance, for example. He will also heavily layer his samples and filter and equalize the layers differently to get a big sound out of just one loop. He often incorporates his own live performances on piano to overlay his samples, as well as the flute and saxophone playing of his frequent collaborator Uyama Hiroto, an artist he's worked with on I think every album. These performances gel very well with the overall feel of Bass songs. I miss the heavy piano and sample layering when I listen to the way other artists produce down-tempo, chilled-out hip-hop. There's no one that really does exactly like him. In contrast, often when live instrument parts are used in American hip-hop, it's a statement. Like the live violin parts on Kanye West beats, uh, like Overnight Celebrity and The New Workout Plan. The fact that these parts are included is treated as a precious rarity. It's given like a space on the stage. And really, it often is. And the fact that Kanye found a hip-hop violin player, who by the way is Miri Ben-Ari, is a big important part of these songs and nudra bass songs it's almost just a subtle enhancer that you don't really fully respect until you make repeated listens and realize like oh yeah there's like 10 pianos in there at the same time anyway you haven't even heard the music yet so let's get on to it here's the magical composition counting stars have become my life music. What I mean by this is that this is music I can always listen to, music that defines me as a person, music I will never let go of. I will want to hear them on my deathbed. I will love other songs, but never in the same way. I've internalized them, studied them, and it doesn't destroy their brilliance and the fresh feeling of hearing them every time. It doesn't dull them in the slightest. I told you that Samurai Champloo's soundtrack is a big reason why many of Nujabes' American fans love him so dearly. Well, the song Counting Stars is not on the soundtrack, but it was present in the show. For years, people searched for this song and finally found it in Hideout Productions' second collection, a compilation released by Nujabes' record label that is essentially a Nujabes album, though it features many collaborations. Presumably, in the case of Samurai Shampoo, there was a licensing deal worked out with all artists involved in the soundtrack productions that the show's producers might be allowed to use some of their other music, because this can also be seen with songs from the other artists' past albums being used in the show, without credit. The song Counting Stars plays during one of fans' most beloved moments in the show, and since its name was a mystery for so many years, upon finding it, there is a strong emotional reaction that makes Counting Stars even more precious to some. So now we're going to enter the portion of the show called The Lab, which is where I dissect this sample and make it into the beat that we were talking about. We're going to start by establishing the tempo of counting stars. It's 95 BPM, nice round number. I found this by picking a portion and looping it, then making sure that loop was consistent across the whole song. Like, okay, it matches up with the beat at zero zero seconds, but If I go over to like three minutes in, does it still match? No? Well then, that's the wrong BPM. After that, I check the sample out. 24 seconds into Jose Feliciano's affirmation, we hear that wonderful guitar. I'm going to take this part and make it loop right. I'm going to increase the mid highs and highs by a lot uh, to make it match the bass beat and take off some of the low end. And then I'm going to swap the stereo channels because bass's sample has the guitar in the opposite ear from mine. You'll be able to tell I'm doing this if you're wearing headphones. Okay, so that's kind of the first time the sample really gets to shine in Counting Stars, but we also need the intro, this filtered version of that sample loop. So I didn't quite figure out how to get the filter sounding exactly the same way, but what I did was make three layers of the sample. Yes, three. So the lowest one, with everything above 410 hertz cut off with a low-pass filter, a lot of resonance and reverb. Here's one with everything above 700 Hz cut off, so I'd let it breathe a little more. No reverb on this one. And here's one with the low mids emphasized and everything above 500 Hz is filtered out. I'm sure Nudibase did this more simply, but this is my awkward attempt without knowing what filter curves he used to make it sound so magical. Anyway, it works. Here's what they sound like all together. I'll take this time to also do some of the drums. I took this shaker sample, one of the best percussion elements of the song, right off the end of Counting Stars, where it's left alone here. And I looped it. This bit right here. It sounds like it might be sampled from somewhere, but I couldn't find it. On top of that, I'm going to put a staccato hi-hat with just the slightest bit of reverb and it's playing a pattern that greatly favors the ones and threes of 4-4 timing on the grid. Uja bass loves hitting the threes hard with hi-hats and also the staccato chopping of them it can be heard on a lot of his tracks. Speaking of New Jersey staples, I've got this big echoey snare, a liberal amount of reverb, and some accentuation to the mids to get the ringing sound of the snare out. The well, not to get it out, but to accentuate it. The snare in the original track has a lot of ringing, uh, but I couldn't find a sample with quite that much. So. Here's our snare, hi-hat, and shaker. And here they are with the filtered sample. That's the intro. So, we now need to drop all the drums out and introduce the guitar over the filtered sample. We already had that guitar, so we just had to throw that in. Next, we're going to sample and loop the part that comes right after the first guitar melody. It's a second refrain that complicates it a little bit and has some drums dropping into the sample. In the bass song, a kick drum and bass line is also added at this part to kind of finally fill out the entire song. The kick drum is very filtered with almost no mids or highs audible, Uh, and it's played in a very free interpretive way, so I uh, tried to get a similar bass drum and copy that somewhat messy style. groove but let's add the very simple deep 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 bass line one long note one long note then two notes and plenty of reverb which is how neuter uh, little secret technique to make his songs feel even larger to have this deep echoing bass behind everything really proud to get the feel right on this part. Counting Stars is kind of a legendary track for me and I didn't expect to get this close to the feel of it. So the pattern of Counting Stars is that it switches from being just the filter part to having the unfiltered guitars, so after this segment we switch back to being under the filter. Back into the unfiltered section, I just played these by ear. You'll also notice, if you're an avid listener of Counting Stars, that there are these sections with twinkling piano and some retro loungy-like strings, and also a faint voice. Well, that's a sample from Frank Sinatra's It Could Happen to You. And I couldn't figure out exactly how Nujabase chopped it, and I think he may have used a completely different recording of the song than the one I have, because it just doesn't match up. I can't find these parts he's using, so I left it out of this sample study. So yeah, we have the whole track now. Let's listen back to it. Stars, our first Nuja feature on the sample study. This week on Tech Trek, our basically brand new section where we look at a legendary piece of production or sampling hardware and compare it to what is used today. Let me try that again. Hold on. Tech Trek. God, I can't decide if I like Tech Trek or Tech Trek better as the official. You know what? Email in to sample studycast at gmail.com and tell me which one annoys you less. This week, we are going to take a look at the Insonic ASR-10, it stands for Advanced Sampling Recorder. This sampling keyboard was one of the most powerful early samplers in the 90s, being first released in 1992 and being manufactured until '98. It did a lot for hip hop sampling. The ASR-10 was a very versatile machine that did not require a computer or extra equipment. It had a sequencer, it had a basic synthesis architecture that let you use samples to make original synth sounds, and of course the main feature was sampling. You could record a sample into the ASR-10's memory and play it back across the keys. Like for example here's me playing the Counting Star's Jose Feliciano guitar sample from today across the keyboard keys. It was, and still is, risky to sample full sequences from songs, so what a lot of producers would do in this era, including most famously Easy Moby, the producer of Craig Max Flava and the Air remix, is take single notes from samples and play them across the keyboard. So you just get this one guitar note or this one piano note, you're not infringing on the arrangement of the samples at least, and a sample is a little less recognizable if it's just one note by itself. The ASR-10 and other keyboard samplers made this very easy to do. You just take that one note and suddenly you have an entire keyboard of that note being stretched to different pitches and you can just play it just like a piano. Here's just a few names of music producers who have used the ASR-10. You may recognize them. The Optimist, Daft Punk, J Dilla, Kanye West, Large Professor, The Neptunes, No ID, The RZA of Wu-Tang Clan, Timbaland. Yeah, maybe you've heard of a few of them, I don't know. The senior 10 also included its own sound library of samples on floppy disks, all of which are very, very 90s-era sounds that are kind of precious, but didn't age that well, you know, but maybe could be charming for like a nostalgic piece. Let me play a little bit of the preset Digital Keys 1 to give you an idea of what I mean. Digital Keys 1, everyone. These days, there are plenty of samplers in the software world, with Kontakt being the reigning champ, but every DAW, digital audio workstation, DAW, D-A-W, it's DAW, every one of them comes with its own free sampler. And of course, you can hook up any MIDI keyboard to the computer and play the sampler with it. So something like the ASR-10 isn't really necessary anymore unless you're one of those kids that goes on YouTube, and sees it being used, and is like, oh, that must be the only way to make old hip-hop music, and I go buy it for $600 on eBay, and then it remains in the corner of my room, and I never use it. I definitely didn't do that with uh, any musical equipment ever in my life. Anyway, enough about Not Me. The novelty of being able to create everything inside one machine kind of has an allure to it, but otherwise, probably don't go rushing out to buy an ASR-10 just because of that list of producers I just rattled off. Just just work hard. Don't. don't, The machine's not going to solve your problems. Okay. Whew, anyway, that will do it for this session of the sample study. If you have any questions or requests, send them on over to samplestudycast at gmail.com with the subject line questions or requests. It's very hot in my recording room all of a sudden. You can follow the show on Twitter at samplestudycast, and you can follow me at mellow without the W makes mellow makes i really appreciate itunes reviews if you have the time to leave one it really helps the show get out there or just tell your friends you know just talk to them jeez if you would like to support the show financially my patreon is patreon.com/2mellow that's the number 2 in mellow without a w and you can make a one time donation at paypal.me/2mellow I'm trying to get the Patreon to $350 monthly, and if I do that, all patrons will start getting the sample study a week early. I've also still got a Kickstarter going on for my sample-based album series, Midnight Broadcast, to get physical copies. It can be found by searching Midnight Broadcast Kickstarter. We have exceeded our goal and passed the stretch goal even. So now the uh, physical copies of volume 3 and 4 are guaranteed in addition to volumes one and two, and donators at the $70 tier are now going to receive physical copies of like five albums, the entire Midnight Broadcast series, as it releases, and my album Night Walks. You can purchase Hideout Productions' second collection, and Jose Feliciano's Just Want to Rock and Roll at pretty much anywhere you can find music, but be aware that physical copies of Nujabase albums are a little hard to come by. I'm still trying to collect all of them myself. Thanks so much to Nujabase.com. Jose Feliciano, Frank Sinatra, and most importantly, you, for joining me on this session of the sample study. An additional note, I want to dedicate this episode to the memory of Nujabase, who passed away on February 26, 2010. You are sorely missed. Rest in peace.